0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. And we are back. Another edition of the Michigan basketball insider and glad to be doing one. you said. Hey, if they win, we're going to do one right away. We're going to do one to get you ready for the next game. Michigan won. They answered the bell in the second half. After being on the ropes, down 15 uh, in the first half, and I certainly have my opinions as to why I know my esteemed co-host who wore that uniform, been in many basketball situations before, where I'm sure he had to respond to a challenge issued by his coaches. I think that's what happened today. Joining me to talk about that like he is every single podcast, former Michigan standout, Tim McCormick, first-round draft pick, uh, basketball commentator who I trust above all others, with me so tim i could see the smile on your face from a mile away we weren't even on the same you know in the same household i knew you were beaming from ear to ear when the wolverines pulled it out
1: sam i'm i'm so happy to be speaking with you tonight because the alternative is that we'd wait a couple weeks and talk about greg glenn and Jed howard and start looking towards next year um how's how's doug mcdaniel gonna be in the backcourt and um i i have to say that that um I'm I'm very pleased, and and I have to be honest with you. I actually I feel like I deserve a lot of credit for the victory myself. Um, yeah, Hunter was dominant, and and Frankie was exceptional, and Eli was clutch. But the truth is, and I, I told you this, you know, after the Ohio State game, I can be a little bit superstitious at times. And in the first half today, I was on the peloton. And then I got a good 45-minute workout in. And at halftime, I thought, what what am I doing? Like, the Ohio State game, I was on the elliptical. And I, I was on for almost like an hour and 40 minutes. But I I, I had to stick with it. So um, I was just thinking about the fact that in the first half, we were ridiculously careless with the ball. We gave up eight offensive rebounds. The, 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 the shooting from three was 24-0. And so, Sam, I gave it up for the team. I made the change. Same as Ohio State. I went back to the elliptical, and and I spent the entire second half there, and I got fatigued. I was a little bit tired, but I didn't stop because this is March, and I pushed through, and I inspired the team somehow through my superstition. So uh, so it was good. The
0: lesson is, okay, man, uh, do we know what we're doing? Saturday, I think yeah. you, you got to get your wind up, man.
1: <laughs> I'm a little concerned. I'm I'm broadcasting the um the girls' high school state championship. It's gonna be hard for me to get my bike going because the games are about the same time. Um, so you know what, I've got them this far, Sam. It, it's on Michigan basketball now. They've got they've got to pull through without me.
0: Yeah, I, I got to tell you, uh, a lot of what you said though in the preview rang true when you talked about. They forced them to put it on a debt. I really thought what we saw from Michigan in the first half offensively, as frustrating as it was, and as many as people were harping on it, it's a terrible offense. And it was, I mean, it was bad offense, but we're going to see that from this team, right? I mean, they are inconsistent offensively, but it has been my contention for much of the season that they have a much better chance of being consistent defensively then they do offensively. Offense is going to be fleeting. Defense should be constant. And Tim, they were getting worked from the three-point line. The 4-5 the or five and, you know, 4-5 or five pick and pop, that was destroying them. And, and to me, I'm, I'm thinking about, so what does the scouting report say? These guys can hit threes. What did Tim McCormick say? Forced them to put it on the deck. And they were not, I mean, you kept seeing Musa and Hunter Getting caught sort of in between, you know, really late closeouts, too much airspace, allowing those guys a clear, you know, view of the basket. And Michigan paid for it for a good portion. Fortunately, the intensity and the connectedness defensively really picked up in the latter stages of the first half, and especially in the second half.
1: I am. I thought that that Phil Martelli made a great comment at halftime where he said that our our offense is being affected by our defense and vice versa. Um, look, I, I have to be honest, Sam. I was really frustrated in the first half, too. And I didn't think Michigan was ready to go, that their pick-and-roll defense was shaky. Okay. No, really shaky. Mm-hmm. Um, Hunter Dickinson was exposed with slow feet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was giving up hope. And this one one win, one loss, one win, one loss, it's, it's getting old. And, and I was mad at, it at halftime because that doesn't work. You can't, you can't win one, lose one in March and expect any success. Um, I was talking to a friend at half, and we were both frustrated with Caleb and his shooting and Moose's decision-making and Brandon Johns is a senior. What's going on? Like, like he, he needs to be a factor, and he isn't. And then I realized Michigan was horrible in the first half, and they were down seven. And Colorado State is a good team. Um, but they blew it. Colorado State blew it because they were up 15 and they relaxed. Uh-huh. And, and Michigan played to its potential in the second half and they, they, they showed what they're capable of. And Sam, maybe the most important thing that I walked away with on reasons why they struggled. So you've got Musa and Caleb, they're freshmen. Okay. So is Frankie. They, they've never experienced it. I think they were a little bit nervous, they were tight. And, and you might say, well, Hunter, you know, he's, he's been through it. He's, he played in the Elite Eight. Well, this is a new role for him as the go-to guy. That's a lot of pressure on him because if Hunter Dickinson doesn't go eight for ten, Michigan doesn't win this game. So there's a lot of pressure on him too. And, and, and I mean, Kobe Bufkin was in over his head, but I think he'll be better next game. The only guy that's been there that knew what he was doing – is Eli Brooks mm-hmm. and and Sam I um I don't know if I'm ever going to be in a restaurant with Eli Brooks if I'm ever going to be in a bar with him if I am I'm picking up his tab okay that's <laughs> that's a guarantee I am buying him you know I'm going to say Eli get the prime rib go for it you know get yourself a nice cocktail this is on me because how many times over the course of his career over his 5 years have have I pumped my fist in the air after he made a huge play? How many times have I actually yelled out, you know, yes, and 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 shown that enthusiasm? Man, Eli Brooks has brought so much joy into my life watching him play. And for all of our our viewers and listeners, man, you gotta you've got to pick up his tab too. That guy, that guy needs a free meal and a free drink someday for all the good work
0: he's done for us. Yeah, I think what you pointed out with Phil, I think Phil is – he is so candid. He's a genius. He's, yeah, he, so smart. He's, he's been saying all season that our offense is too connected to our defense. Yeah. Right. That that those – and they can't be. You don't – no coach wants that, right? Because every team is – you can control – defense is effort, it's intensity, it's want to. You know, that's not shot-making. That, that's different, right? You know that's going to be up and down sometimes, no matter what team. And Steph Curry has off nights, right? H- not how? Many. Did you... Not many. <laughs> yeah, right, true. But st- point being, though, this team doesn't have Steph Curry. So you, you had better not be up and down defensively. You had better be locked in defensively all the time. And to your point, Tim, I agree with you. I just didn't feel like coming out of the gate Michigan came out the gate ready intensity wise, focus wise on that end of the floor. And it sort of it, it sort of bled over to the to the offensive end of the floor where you have an advantage. get in the paint, get in the paint. It was more concerted, more aggressive. I thought when Frankie got in the game and the turning point in the game to me, the last five minutes, of the first half. first half. Michigan is down 15 points. Frankie Collins gets to the rim for an and one. David Roddy's bringing the ball up the floor. Frankie picks his pocket, dunks it. That changed the momentum of the game. The young fella gave them an infusion of energy that I thought carried him. And I know, I know Juwan had to, he didn't panic, but he had to give them a sense of urgency at halftime about how they needed to come out of the gate on the defensive end of the floor. That's where it all starts, and it was a different game defensively for Michigan after the break.
1: No doubt. And, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about point guard play. And, and the, the first point has to do with Devontae Jones not being in Indy. Um, I remember playing for the Knicks, and Mark Jackson was our point guard and he was out for a game. And it's okay because, you know, everybody says the same cliche, next man up, we're going to be okay. And we came out and we were so flat. And I, I didn't really understand it at the time. But Mark Jackson was the leader of the team. Patrick Ewing was a great leader. Mark Jackson to the heart soul of the team. And Greg Anthony was his backup. And Greg Anthony's a really good player. But it's not the same. And sometimes on the outside – You look at the scoring numbers and the rebounds and the assists, and you say, yeah, we can get by without a certain player. But I just get a feeling that this team really likes Devontae Jones, and and DJ has been playing well. He's made big shots. He's tough on defense. He's connected with the coaches. Point guard is so important, and not having him, I think, was a really big part of why emotionally Michigan didn't seem ready in the first half. And and there were guys put in unfamiliar positions where they were throwing the ball away. That has to do with it. But man, Frankie Collins was a stud. That that guy played a great ball game. He was so poised. Got this. Show up. And and Sam, earlier today, I sent out a tweet, and and I I said that you know today, you know we're gonna learn a lot about the future of Michigan point guard play, you know, so is, is Frankie the point guard for next year? We'll learn a little bit about that today, or are they going to have to bring DJ back next year for his COVID year, or are they going to hit the portal and and find another point guard? Um, I think from what I saw that Frankie Collins is going to be really good. And, and he's, he, he could be all big 10 someday. You never know, but, Man, that guy's got swag. He's, he's tough. That strip of Roddy, that was the biggest defensive play of, of the year. And Sam, remember what I told you? Remember who I predicted would be the big impact player um, on our podcast the other day? Frankie yeah. Collins. You predicted it would be Frankie.
0: I remember you saying he would get a couple buckets. I yeah, I said, I said
1: somebody's got to – like who's the outlier in this game? I said it, I thought it would be Frankie Collins. I didn't know he was going to start <laughs> <laughs> and play play 35 minutes. But I, I did make that prediction, so I've, you know, I've oh, been good. wrong a few times. So if I get it right, I'm, I'm going to definitely point that out to you.
0: Yeah, well, I I'll listen, I'll take it. You know, he he reminds me of Xavier Simpson in this way. Even when you play off, I mean, he's so explosive. He can still – he can close that distance and get by you. Now, you can't make a living like that, especially when they get against – Better like this next team, Tennessee may not, work. may not work. That's not going to work. That's yeah. not going to work. They, they're they too quick. If they play off you, you're not blowing by them probably like you were able to do these guys from Colorado State. But to his point, they played off him. He was still able to get to the rim. Now, you can't turn down those open looks every time. And I was happy to see him that corner three. Yep. Took it yep. with confidence after he had missed one. And knocked it down. You really knew it was his day. The, the young fella was feeling it. I called it a grown man game. Mm-hmm. This was a grow up game for Frankie Collins when his team had to have it. You know, I, I want to be careful to not read too much into one game to say, oh, he's arrived. But I certainly think his confidence in being there to, to, to lift his team and his team's confidence in him. I do think that that's there, Tim.
1: Well, you know, remember when Illinois just blew Michigan's drawers off a couple weeks ago? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They won because they've got guards that are athletic and explosive and they have playmaking ability. And they surround Kofi Coburn with four guys that are playmakers. I can see Frankie Collins being that guy, like where – if you're playing Michigan, you're saying, man, I can't believe he got to the room again. Why can't somebody cover that guy? Well, he's really quick. And to to step into his first NCAA game and deliver six out of seven from the field with six boards, and he was poised, and his defense was good, and I could tell he loved being out there. He, he's got something special, and and I could see him playing – next year in a backcourt right next to Devontae Jones, I can see he and Doug McDaniel getting after people on the defensive end and and not letting people into their offense. Um I I was really excited about his play, maybe more so than anybody else. He stepped into a top position and I just I personally have a feeling that that Devontae Jones is on his way to to Indy somehow. Um, If he's not Hey, Devontae, if you need a lift, let me know. I mean, I'd be willing to come pick you up. I've got nothing going later. I can drive you down there. Like it's I don't need tickets or anything. Devontae, if you need a ride, I'm there.
0: Yeah, man. This was um this 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 game was I think it was significant from from the standpoint where Juan I, I think he showed them two faces. He showed them the face of calm. He talked about this after the game in the first half where they're down 15 and he does not panic. I mean, you, you know, Juwan, we remember Juwan got in the face of Isaiah Livers this first year. Right. We talked a lot about that. Like he can be that guy, but time, place, you, you can make matters worse if you if you do it at the wrong time. So I thought he was very on point by not doing that in the first half of this game. But I'm going to ask Phil going to ask guy. I, I believe he at halftime i believe he had a message for him because the intensity that they came out with was different it was different and it's funny how it works out man cuz at the first time the the tv timeout at the uh, i think it was like 15:57 i believe and i i took note of this that mentally i should have wrote it i should have written it down but i think I think that Colorado State came out of the gate, they were like two for seven, and Michigan was like putting it on them because they were swarming defensively. So much comes from that for, for this team. Uh, you, you talk about the shooting, and Caleb hit some threes. I, to me, the energy everywhere else on the floor and all other aspects of the game came from what they were doing on the defensive end, giving Hunter a ton of credit for what he did on the inside, Eli a ton of credit for settling down the team, but I think the energy guy for this game and feeding them on both ends of the floor, the young fella we just talked about, now the grown man, Frankie Collins. As we look ahead, Tim, different challenge. Because what we saw from Tennessee is the hottest team in a, in a loaded league, that being the SEC. The last month or so of the season, you can make an argument that Tennessee is one of the top two, three teams in the country. I think they're under as a three seed and they played like that today they shared the basketball they were swarming defensively and everyone was in on it like the whole team was in I don't know how much of Tennessee you watch it's like ah oh, if they play like that man they'll be a load to handle too, uh, tough to beat
1: well so I'm going to tell you a little bit about Tennessee from what I've seen and then I'm going to tell you why I think Michigan beats them all right okay uh, they won eight straight and they're the SEC champs, and they're one of the top five teams in college basketball. Um, Kennedy Chandler is their best player, and he's a pro. He, he really is. Um, probably a lottery pick, and he just operates at a smooth level. I just I just love watching him. You know, He gets you 14 or 15 points a game, five or six assists, and he does it every game. Now, one thing that's interesting is that He's not big. He's he's like six foot tall and he's a little bit thin because he's still young. Mm-hmm. But I love the consistency. He just he gets you those numbers every single game. And and so the 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 other the other guy that I really like is is Santiago Viscovi. And yeah, yeah he I mean he's smooth. He's he's a guard. They play four guards, so they're not a big team, but they seem to rebound okay. Um, you know, Vescovi and Josiah, Jordan James, they they they're both double figure scorers as well. So when when you you think about their resume, they beat Kentucky twice, they beat Arizona, they beat everybody, and and they're they're really good. Um, offensively, they get you what 73, 74 points per game, which is is top five in the SEC, but where they really separate is on the defensive end. Um, they're a really good shooting team. You can't leave those guys because you know. Whereas Colorado State, they went cold a little bit in the second half. Tennessee doesn't. They they shoot really well, and they're they're number one in the SEC in assists. Now, the the one thing that that I say that that why Michigan can win is that I just don't believe that teams that win their conference tournament and they're not necessarily the favorite. I, I just don't think it's likely that they're going to sustain it for a month. Um, like like going in when I filled out my bracket, I, I I got rid of Virginia Tech really early because they just played above their heads. They couldn't miss. They they had guys that you know are, are career thirty percent shooters that that couldn't couldn't miss a three. Um, Iowa, I I had them getting beat really early because. They're a good offensive team that just couldn't be stopped in the Big Ten tournament, but I didn't expect them to continue. And and I think think that when I watch Tennessee play, I watch them in the SEC finals, they're really good. There's no doubt about it. But I I don't see a world beater out there. I I don't see a Jimmy Jackson or a Jamal Mashburn or some iconic guy that's going to be, an NBA all star that you just can't stop. I don't see anybody on their team that, that scares me to death. And, and I also think that when you watch Tennessee play, um, I'm more worried about Michigan because if they, I, I've seen them blow out Purdue. Okay. I saw what they did to Michigan State. I've seen them on the road at Ohio State. Like they're capable of, of greatness. And, and I think they found something really good in the second half. You know, the 31-9 to run against Indiana, that that's done. And the 10-0 run that Colorado State had today, that's done. Like, Michigan can focus on on good stuff. And if Devontae Jones walks in that locker room, the emotional lift he will give his team is going to – it's going to be worth 10 points. So I, I'm not worried about Tennessee. Um, and also – when you consider the fact that we were we were shaking our heads about, is Michigan going to go to the tournament this year? I don't know. I, like, when they went in, I was like, everything from this point on is money. And then when they were down by 15, the fact that we're still talking about them playing the tournament, Sam, it's all
0: good. There's nothing. Hey, man, you it. know what, Tim? it reminds me. I remember, I haven't told you this story. I remember in high school, we were playing Saginaw Arthur Hill in the state Sam sword. Yes, yeah. Okay, so I have Sam Sword was on the other side, and I remember being really, really intimidated. I remember think, but I remember thinking to myself, "Okay, we got, we have Andre Weathers, right? We got Dre Weathers. Just gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right." So, Tim, you're my big fella right now, and I'm, I'm leaning on you, looking at you like I looked at Andre Weathers that day. Because, yeah, man, Tennessee, if they play like they played today, and you know how. I ride for Michigan. You know that Michigan won't beat Tennessee the Tennessee that played today against Long against Longwood. They they will not. That was a team that has two two things that I think are, are problematic for Michigan. Number one, backcourt quickness. This is okay. why this is one reason why Frankie's or another reason why Frankie's play today was important. I think DJ is gonna have a hell of a time. Staying in front of Kennedy Chandler and Zakai Ziegler. Now, Ziegler is not a big guy, but he can get to the rack, Tim. And both guys attacked the rim with their head up. Both guys, I think, had like five, six assists in this game. Where they were, uh, the, the, the big fell off the bench, Fulkerson. I mean, he was like, he missed one shot. He was like seven eight from the field. But every shot was like, he was like a dunk. Because his point guards were setting him up. You can't be, if you're Michigan, you can't switch on screens. Those guys will exploit you. You really have got to have guards be sticky on the perimeter. Frankie can do that. To me, for Devontae Jones to fare well in this game defensively, he has to tax them on the other end of the floor. He has to make them pay when he's on offense. And can he do that coming off a concussion? I'm a little concerned about that. that. That, to me, is a big question mark heading into this game.
1: Well, you did your scouting report, Sam. That's good stuff. Um, so let me, let me say this. I shared that I, I didn't believe that today Musa Diabati should play starters minutes against Colorado State. Michigan was just too big and too slow on the front line with that, that, that lineup. I, I think the same thing about Tennessee. Um, to me, Musa will play backup minutes to to Hunter, and I would play Caleb Houston at the four, and I'd go as much three guard lineup as I can. Um, here's another play that 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 made me mad, and it, it didn't even count. Okay, it, it has to do with Caleb Houston. Michigan cannot afford to have him over from three in the first half like he did today like he did against Indiana. They need him to be able to knock shots down. And he has got to get some free throws or a layup or something early because you saw in the second half, if he thinks he's good, if he makes a shot, his next one's money. You just know it is. And there was a play that made me mad. I don't know if you remember it. There was about um, five or six minutes to go in the game. Frankie Collins drove baseline. It was probably earlier than that, too. But Frankie Collins drove baseline. They called a foul, and he kicked it to the left corner to Caleb Houston, who's struggling with his shot. And Caleb, he went off one foot and just kind of launched it without caring, and it hit the top of the backboard on the left. And to me, I'm thinking, Caleb, that's an opportunity for you to take a game shot and see the ball go through the net. Um, he had not made a three at that point. And for him to be so lackluster and lackadaisical on a three in that environment, man, make your shot. See the ball go through. And instead, he just kicked one leg up and, and threw an off-balance shot that hit the backboard. I thought that was, that was a rookie mistake, and they just need him. He, he's got to hit five threes if they're going to be, beat Tennessee.
0: Yeah, I w- I want to amend something. I said, look, I, they can't switch on screens if they play if Tennessee plays like they play today. You so this is something you gotta hope that they don't. You gotta hope that they aren't as on as they were today. Twenty nine assists on thirty three made baskets. Wow, I, wow. Mean, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, man, and and one of the reasons why was because they broke Longwood's defense down. I would I have not seen the stat on how many of their threes cuz they were 14 for 24 from three point range. How many of those shots came off a drive and kick? I would argue the overwhelming percentage of them. I mean, they did a terrific job of breaking down that defense. So so to me, if you're Michigan, uh, you know, if, if you, you can't hard hedge this team, you can't give up penetration. This is a drop coverage game and hope they are hit on everyone except for v- Viscovi. Right? Everyone else can they hit their open shots? You got to hope not, right? You you gotta go hope- under, do you go under the screen? I, initially, yes. Yeah, I, you got to see I, it. You got to have plan A, B, C, and D. Uh-huh. I'm drop coverage. I'm going under screens. I'm daring them to hit jump shots, everyone other than Viskovi. If they're hitting jump shots, now you got to adjust. Now maybe you got a hard hedge. Maybe, now maybe you got to fight through screen. You got to do some different things. But initially, I'm saying the biggest problem The thing that I must avoid is penetration. Because, I mean, they were getting, the the looks they were getting, they should have, you know, had 29 assists. They were killing them off the dribble. Michigan can't be in that position. This is why I like Frankie more in this game. And Devontae Jones, I agree, is another key, but he can't stay in front of these guys. This is Trent Frazier all over again. He can't stay in front of these guys. What he can do is wear them down. And so what I'm hoping is, that he can just pick up right where he left off. Ohio State, Indiana, he was brilliant getting to the basket. He was bullying guys to the cup, Tim. If he can do that and wear those guys down, that's the equalizer when Devontae is on the, on the court. I just don't know that I can predict that with him coming off a concussion.
1: I um, I just love the fact that you've got him playing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you're, you're assuming he's in the lineup. I love that. I'm mean? he's in the lineup, man. I'm yeah. assuming
0: he's in the lineup.
1: I, um, I, I thought that Juwan used zone sparingly, but an appropriate amount. It's a <laughs> good, different look. Um, I, I've i never seen Longwood play in my life. I know nothing about the mismatch matchups. You you can overanalyze when a team you know makes 15 out of 23 or whatever that number was. That that was an inferior opponent, and Tennessee it played was. really well. Um, so I I don't worry about that a whole lot. I just know they're good, but but I also know they haven't had an off game in eight contests in a row, and they're due for a, a mediocre performance. They play good teams in the SEC all the time but but they, they they don't they don't know anything about Hunter Dickinson. That's and, true. And and so I think Michigan has some weapons that they can go at and and the X factor is Caleb Houston. And just like I said that in the Colorado state game that that my my um my X factor was my outlier was going to be Frankie um against Tennessee, I think it's going to be Caleb Houston.
0: Yeah. You you and you drop zone in there too. That's another man, everything that emphasizes y'all got to hit jumpers. You got to hit jumpers to change our game plan. And we'll we'll react accordingly if you do. Like yeah. we'll change it up, but we we're going into this saying, like I said, drop coverage. We're going to we're going to uh we're going to drop some zone in there. We're going to go under screens and then we're going to see what you do.
1: Can I can I share one, one other thing? Hidden game key is that Hunter Dickinson has matured and grown as a smart defender, and he has not been in a lot of foul trouble lately. I worry about Tennessee's guards because if they get by, the, the big man is the one that gets exposed. And so they've got to keep Tennessee on the perimeter because if Hunter Dickinson doesn't play 30-plus minutes, Michigan loses this game, and I can't find many scenarios where it's different than that
0: well whatever you do i mean you know intensity and connectedness i'm gonna go back to that we saw neither defensively in the first 15 minutes of this game they i mean sure. they're four and five whether it was it mostly it was Musa and and hunter but even when t will got in there i mean they they, they just kept losing guys beyond the three point line and that yeah i'm hoping that, that rick,
1: I, i'm hoping rick barnes doesn't have a copy of the tape today.
0: <laughs> right. And, and, and again, when I say it, it, the intensity and connectedness is different. I, these guys, I actually want them to shoot. Like, I want these guys to shoot other yeah. than just go my My point is be locked into the game plan. And whatever you do, locked into the scout, I should say, and whatever you do, do that stuff hard, man. Do it. Do it with some intent. I just, it didn't feel like that at first. Yeah.
1: So so um, one other thing that, that um, I, I sent a tweet this morning saying that Colorado State is so fundamentally sound. That's a well-coached team. And they, they, um, they really like to drive hard to their, their strong hand. And I thought that one of the keys, which Michigan did not do in the first half, but was excellent at in the second, is you've got to force your opponent to his left hand. When a guy drives left, He's about half a step slower, and his field goal percentage drops by 10%. And, and also, you've got to stay down and contest late on shots. You know, just get a hand up. Just be in the environment. Just be in the area, and they'll miss. Michigan, in the second half, was exceptional.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I agree. <laughs> you're, you're, your scouting report was right on the money. Force them to put it on a the deck. They did a better job of that in the second half. This game. <laughs> different opponent. Different <laughs> opponent. It's got to report is different, man. And so, so we'll see. I hope that you're right, Tim. I hope that you know they're doing off game. Like the law of averages, that's on Michigan's side in this game. That's what I hear coming coming from you. These this team has been rolling so much of late. They can't roll forever, right? Right. In, and Michigans
1: do. Michigans do for back-to-back wins. It's been <laughs> since what Purdue. <laughs> And Penn State, it's been it's been almost a month since we've had back to back wins. We need back to back.
0: I'm hoping that you're right, Tim. That that they finally break that trend. They certainly have. Look, they have a matchup problem. You know, Hunter Dickinson is a problem for them. No doubt. And, you know, especially coming off the game that he just had, where he was a man in the post. He had a tough game, a t- tough first half defensively, but he got it together, and they got it together as a team. Hopefully, they can ride that in the emotion of what I expect to be the return of Devontae Jones. Hopefully, they ride that to victory. I'm going to be honest with you, Tim. Uh, I always keep it real with the people. I can't pick Michigan in this game, not because I don't want them to win. I, I want Michigan to win this game. I hope Michigan wins this game, win this game. I hope that we come back on the podcast and I can say, man, I got that one wrong. But between the pattern that we've seen Michigan set with up, down, up, down, they haven't strung together, too. Even the game, the back-to-back games that they won with Penn State and Purdue, they didn't play well in that Penn State game, right?
1: Man, I'm, I'm a little bit worried because this is about the, the time in the podcast where, where Sam Webb starts saying, so let's break down Villanova.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you not hear me say that right now, Tim. I, again, I, I, I think Tennessee is going to win this game. But I'm hoping that we come back on the podcast the next time. And I'm eating big time crow because (laughs) someone has stepped up and had a big time performance that lifted them like you predicted Frankie Collins. So if they win this game, Tim, against Tennessee, I mean, go right back to the well. Who's going to be that guy in this game if Michigan wins it that stepped up and was the difference making player?
1: Caleb. Caleb. K- if Michigan, if if Michigan's going to win, two things need to happen. Devontae Jones needs to be in the starting lineup, and Caleb Houston needs to make five threes. And if if those two things happen, I think Michigan wins.
0: Okay. Yeah. Hey, man. I I'll go with you on that. I'll All right. Go with you. If, if, if Caleb, we'll- if Caleb can carry, and they got his give his teammates credit for getting in the, the good looks, the 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 drive and dish, uh, you know, in the, in the corner for that three. Uh, the you know he got that three in transition they got him some really really high percent higher percentage three point looks that has to be a focus in this uh, in this up, upcoming game too can you can you get Caleb run stuff to get Caleb some looks even early in the game to your point because if he can get that first one to go how about that for a key Tim if they get I'll go with this if Caleb Houston's first three goes Tim. He'll get that, he'll get that, what did you say, five threes? Yes. If his first three goes, he'll get that five threes, those five threes you're talking about.
1: Sam, you're sounding more optimistic as we go on. I'm so happy about that. I, w- I want you filled with enthusiasm and hope, and, and 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 I can see it. Good job. Well, I
0: feel, I'll tell you this, I feel like they have a better chance after what we just saw Frankie do. Good. Uh, but that, that was... Uh, that was not the kind of performance that I was hoping to see from Tennessee. That I wasn't see from Tennessee out the gate. It was more of what they, the way that they've been playing. And now we just have to hope that they aren't on like that against Michigan. Time will tell. But, man, I'm going to enjoy this one for a little while longer. I'm going to celebrate the grown man game by Frankie Collins. I'm going to celebrate this team answering the bell. They didn't come out. They didn't come out like you want them to. But what did, what did Mickey say? Or what did Rock say uh, when he he got up? It was Rocky Four, and he got he got knocked down. And he heard Mick. And he said, "I didn't hear no bell." <laughs> and then the team got, Rock got up and yeah. knocked out Tommy Gun. That was Michigan today because they didn't hear any bell. They got up and started fighting and won the game. Let's hope that they can do the same against Tennessee.
1: And and Sam today, my my um my favorite thought is that. I celebrated a blue victory with a green beer. So it was a, it was a good day for me.
0: You're a good man, Tim. I want to thank your lovely assistant, Michelle McCormick, for setting up your lights today. Much better, she a, right? She did a terrific job. You're so illuminated over there. Yeah. So that looks good, you know, glistening Tim in the screen. So uh, that was that's great. That's great. And hopefully, hey, look, folks, if Michigan wins Saturday. You'll see us right back here Sunday or Monday, breaking down the Sweet 16 opponent. And think about this: I believe if Michigan gets this next one, if they beat Tennessee, I think it would be seven to ten years in the Sweet 16. Tim, is that right? Are my my numbers right with that?
1: Sam, 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 stay humble. Stay I, I'm humble. trying
0: to, but I, I'm trying to think. I, I mean, it's, it's you know, Michigan cute. has been a perennial. Sweet 16 team when you think about it. I'm
1: I think this will be five straight. Five straight for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm pulling up the stats here just to see, just to see where I'm at really, really quickly. But yeah, you know, you oh, and by the way, as I look these stats up, Tim, I will never pick Iowa to make a run ever again. Ever, ever, ever again. That's number one. I found the stat. Michigan is indeed. One win away. and I want to give Zach Shaw credit for this, uh, for finding this stat. Michigan gets to the Sweet uh, sweet 16. It'll be seven of 10 years in the Sweet 16. That's That's big time consistency. That's big time. I love that. We'll see if it happens, folks. Until the next time, thanks for listening to the Michigan Basketball Insider.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.